Welcome to Poems, Psalms, Stories, and Scripture Readings with Alicia. Today's reading is a story. It's a true story. And I could explain it before I start, but I think I'll wait. You know, Yah, our Heavenly Father, told me this story is going to help someone. Now, I'll let you know, this was written in my book as part of the dedications, and I dedicated this part, this book, to my father. Now, I'm going to read it as it is in this, when I wrote the story, it has the Lord, and it has God, and you know, now I say Yah and Yahuwah and Yahusha, but trying to change the words around as I'm reading, it hinders me reading the story. So those of you who call on Yahuwah and Yahusha, bear with me. This is what I was feeling in 2004. It starts off like this. To my loved ones who've passed on, my father had passed away. I'd also like to dedicate this book to my beloved father, my beloved earthly father, my dad, Lloyd James White. My dad married my mother when I was eight years old, raising my five sisters and brothers and I as if we were his own. He later gave us our baby brother and we became a family of nine, two parents and seven children. For 42 years, my dad was there for us until the Lord took him home two years ago. This I would like to say to my dad. Thank you for loving me, putting up with me, and encouraging me throughout my life. When I had that conversation with you, Dad, about not wanting to go back to Taiwan because I couldn't take it if something happened to you or Mom and I wasn't there, and you said to me, me and Willa May, that's my mom, have lived our lives. We'll be fine. Don't let us stop you from living yours. I know you love us. I remember how burdened I was in my spirit. Little did I know two months later, you would have a stroke, Dad. Two weeks before that, the Lord told me, travel nowhere soon. War is coming, but do not run. Stay put. Then the father said, write down my words, I say to you. I did as he told me and wrote his words down. I couldn't understand why he said travel nowhere soon because I had no intentions of going anywhere. Oh, Dad, you can't imagine what went on inside me when Sharon, Sharon's my big sister, called me and said, Carolyn, you got to come home. Dad just had a stroke. Knowing God had already given instructions not to go anywhere. That was also during the time of SARS, when SARS had infected Asia, including Taiwan. I felt as if I would die either way. If I came home, I would be disobeying the Father, and His wrath would be upon me. Maybe He was trying to protect me from getting infected with SARS. 
or some other disaster. Or maybe he wanted to know if I loved you more than I loved him. His word commands, place no one before me. If I didn't go home to be at your bedside, Dad, as much as I loved you and you loved me, especially after confessing to you two months before, the fear I had of something like this happening. How would I breathe? How could I live with myself? How would I tell my mother and my sister and my brothers? What would they think of me? The tears flow from me as the pain takes my breath away, right now reliving the greatest pain and the hardest test of my life. To tell you the truth, Dad, I don't know why I'm telling you all this when I know you know how much I loved you and how much I loved the Heavenly Father. Just now, I felt in my spirit, in the bowels of my soul, this is for, so- this is for someone else to hear. My testimony will help them in what they are going through or will go through. If that's the case, Dad, why don't I finish the story and bless them with the outcome? Though I wasn't there in person, I did all that I could think of to do and said everything God put on my heart to say to you. Even though they told me you were in a coma and weren't responding, nor could you hear me when I would call every day and insist that they would put the phone to your ear so I could sing to you, pray for you, and talk to you about making your peace with God, your Heavenly Father. I chose not to believe them and trust God knowing He put it on my heart to do so so my efforts would not be in vain. I thank God, Dad, for the guardian angel nurse who placed, he placed there with you, who told the family, don't listen to the doctor or anybody else that tells you Mr. White doesn't hear or know what's going on around him. As a matter of fact, don't let the doctor say anything like that in his presence. I know he can hear what they say and it's not good for the patient this nurse loved God and not long ago lost her husband so the pain we were feeling she was more than familiar with I'll never forget dad this particular day well it was my day and your evening because we are a day ahead of you here in Asia The Lord put on my heart to talk to you about not going to the pit of hell. I remember telling you not to give up because mom needed you. So just rest so you can be strong when you come out of your coma. When you come out of your coma. I then spoke to you about the importance of making your peace with God while you were resting. I said, Dad, I know Jesus is there with you and he's talking to you. And you have been talking to him. I then prayed the sinner's prayer of repentance on your behalf. And I heard the nurse say to you, Oh, honey, don't cry. She got on the phone and told me you were nodding your head, agreeing with me, with tears running down your face. 
Oh, bless God, that was confirmation. Though you could not speak, but you could still hear, Oh, what a joy I felt. Not long after that, Dad, you gave up the ghost and went home to be with your father. I needn't tell you how devastated we all were. I know you knew the great burden of mom having to make the decision to take you off life support to see if you would be able to breathe on your own. Mom and I prayed on the phone together, pleading and asking God to tell her what to do and to give her the strength to do whatever it was he wanted her to do. We both wept. Then nervously, Mom said she believed taking you off life support is what God put on her heart to do and you would be able to breathe on your own. Later, Mr. Garfield, that's my dad's cousin, told her, you once told him that you didn't want to be hooked up to machines depending on them to keep you alive. This information confirmed what she must do. So she stepped out on faith and had you taken off the machines. The doctor told mom that if you stayed on life support much longer, you would never be able to breathe on your own you'd end up being a vegetable. The doctor confessed she felt that you probably wouldn't be able to breathe on your own and you would die right away. Bless God you didn't die right away. It was a miracle. I know mom held her breath until you took your first breath without the help of machines. You lived that evening breathing for mom while she sat next to your bed watching you take in each breath and we all rejoiced and thanked God for his grace. You held on until mom left to go home. Assured she would see you in the morning intending to come back bright and early the next day. Well, dad, as we know, you didn't make it. You died very early that morning. I couldn't imagine going home knowing you would never be there again for me to say, hi, Dad, or I love you, Dad. I would never be able to laugh at your jokes or get upset when you teased me because I was too sensitive. I have to shamefully admit and confess I was angry with God. I thought, how could he allow this to happen when I told him I could not take something like this happening. Plus, I believed God said to me in my spirit, he would give you another chance, but you died. Not only was I hurt and angry, my faith was shaken. Did I hear God? Was I just fooling myself all this time believing I heard God? Then the Lord spoke to me again and said, I told you I would give your dad another chance, and I did, but not there on earth. He is here with me. Congratulations, Dad. You made it. Praise God. We are so blessed to have such a compassionate creator. He spared your life and spared my heart. Hmm. Oh, beloved, I know you heard me stumbling 
it's still hard for me to read that. And I've been so used to saying Yahuwah and Yahusha, not saying God and Lord. I was stumbling, but this is my testimony, the story. I had to prove who was more important. You know, scripture says, now it's written, it's translated wrong, say, you know, you have to hate your mother and your father and your and your children, and, you know, to follow me. No, it's to love them less. I had to, if I went to be with my earthly father, I would have to disobey my heavenly father. So I had to deny my earthly father to obey my heavenly father. That was the hardest thing I've ever done. That was the hardest test. That was a test, beloved. That was a big test. You know, and isn't it ironic that it's put on my heart to read this story now when we're going through this time of Corona and COVID-19. Somebody needs to hear this. Well, it was hard. My family didn't understand. Some of my brothers and my sister, they had bad feelings toward me. And, you know, my mom, she said, baby, if that's, this is what she said, baby, if that's what the Lord put on your heart, then you go on and do it. But I know she was hurt. And there was hidden resentment. And it was so difficult for me. But I know that if I, now I understand, if I had went, even if, I mean, I could have been quarantined, but if I had been there with my mother on the side, by her side, I would have been there for my mother. I wouldn't have been able to be on the phone for hours reading the Bible, praying and singing to my father. I wouldn't have been able to lead him back to the father. So because of my obedience to my heavenly father, he blessed me to to lead my earthly father back to salvation. Do you understand? That was the gift of my obedience. But sometimes the things that Yah tells us to do is the hardest thing you would you can imagine. And other people don't understand. Your family's against you. And sometimes we cave in and, and do what they want because because we don't want to hurt them but I knew what he said I had written it down in my book months before oh I mean it was hard even my neighbors here in Taiwan say what is it do you need money to go home we'll give you the money and I wasn't that and they were looking at me like you're not gonna go man I cried I said what do I do if I go I know I am just outright disobeying my heavenly father brings me to tears just thinking about it right now that was so hard for me and I think about it now and to, you know just to realize whenever I went home my father was just going to be gone he was just never going to be there but you know I, I I also I recorded my my words and recorded my song and I FedExed it there for the funeral and when they played it people say they thought I was there and um, you know I had to go with this feeling on my family, my brothers and sisters looking down on me thinking I'm a horrible sister, I'm a horrible daughter. And knowing that my mother tried, but she still had some hidden resentment. One day, I 
don't know, months and months later, she picked up my book and she looked through it and she decided to read it. And she read what I wrote to my father. See, that was my closure. I needed, I needed something. So I put it in the book. And she said, baby, I had no idea what you were going through on your end. And it made her weep and she could feel me. And it gave her peace and closure to feel like I to know that I just didn't just deny my father coming to my father. I was obeying my heavenly father. You know, his his timing is perfect. But it showed me I mean that's a big test. And I do believe the reason I'm being so baruch, so blessed now, is because I proved to him that he was more important than my father. And I loved my dad. But I loved my heavenly father more. So if you're in that position where you have to choose... Choose your heavenly father. Because he can bless what you did. Just like he blessed my earthly father. I'll never forget. I didn't write that in the book. But to tell you. After being so upset with the father. And saying. How could you let this happen? You know how we do. And I had to repent. I said I'm so sorry. How could I blame you? You didn't do this. You didn't, you didn't give him a stroke. This is not your fault. And then I thought, oh, forgive me, Father. I'm crazy. I didn't hear you. You didn't tell me not to go. I don't hear you. I'm stupid. I'm crazy. Oh, and I was crying. Oh, I was just, man, I was just broke down. And I remember days later, I was asleep. I fell asleep in the living room here in Taiwan on the sofa. I love seed, as a matter of fact. And about three or four o'clock in the morning, I felt this this is true, beloved. I felt this big hand shake me. And I woke up and opened my eyes. And I heard this audible voice says, I did give your father another chance. He's with me. I jumped up and I started clapping and shouting and praising. And I, that my father was with him. This That was like the third time I heard the audible voice. Can you believe it? I mean... I literally, someone shook me and woke me up. (laughs) And I haven't turned around. So I know we have to trust him. I know what it's like to put your loved ones behind the father. I know what it's like to be hurt like that, to make a hard decision like that. I know what it's like to live by faith. Totally, completely by faith. And I only had him here. Nobody else. But you know what? I wouldn't change a thing now. It was worth it. But can you imagine how your your brothers and all your relatives are just thinking how awful you are. What an awful person you are. And then you're feeling like that. You're being awful too. But I mean, I was afraid not to go. But I was more afraid not to obey my Heavenly Father. Whatever the test, obey your Heavenly Father, beloved. No matter what anybody. 
I don't care if it's mother, father, sister, brother, child. If he tells you something different, you do what the father says. Because he'll make everything else all right. Hmm. I hope the story reading was okay. I knew I could do it better, but I, 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 just, I just can't. I can't do it again. It still gets me because I remember that feeling. And like I said, it's, it's gotten hard to keep reading the Lord and God. When now I say Yahoo and Yah and, you know. But um, for those of you who no longer say the Lord and God, you know, don't, I hope you didn't, don't judge me because you'll judge <laughs> You know, you understand. And I, like I say, for over half a century, I said those words. And he blessed me in spite of me. He looked beyond my faults. You know, it says in the Bible, in the, in the Bible, in Scripture, that he winks at us during our time of ignorance. You know, in this, he knows the motive of our hearts. He's so cool. So, this is just me at home. Actually, me sitting in front of my computer with the computer speakers, leaning down, talking into my iPhone here in my living room (laughs) you probably hear my air conditioner going no frills just from heart to heart from the heart of the father and my heart to your heart (laughs) well beloved thank you for listening to poems psalms stories, and scripture readings with Alicia. Until we meet again, beloved. Yah willing. Shalom. And remember, keep him first. Keep Yahuwah, your heavenly father, first. <laughs>